Father, we thank you, Lord. We bless you. We glorify your holy name. You alone is deserving of all the glory, all the power, all the praise. Indeed, we have come to you, Lord, as knowing nothing but you, Lord. You alone, you are the reason for our existence. You are everything there is in our lives. Our life is wholly dependent on you, Lord. Outside you, we are nothing. Outside you, we can do nothing. Receive the praises from the bottom of our heart. Receive our worship, Lord, in this hour. Be lifted in our hearts. Be lifted in our lives. Be lifted high, for you are deserving, Lord. We bless you and we thank you. I thank you for every soul that is in the house today. I know there is a divine appointment. Father, Lord God, I pray that you will touch their hearts like they've never done before. Let it be a moment that they desired and waited for all their lives. May there be a clear, clear distinction between the, the before and the after in this hour. Father, I pray that you mightily descend upon this congregation. That, Lord, you will be our God, you will be our Father at this moment. Lord God, I take control of the atmosphere over this place. I declare grace. I declare freedom. Lord, I declare freedom from every captivity in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And everybody say amen. Hallelujah. Let's clap hands for Jesus. Clap, 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 bless for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, neighbor, I don't know you, maybe. Maybe you know me, maybe you don't. But what I know is that we have met at the right place. It could not have been a better, a better meeting than this one. Let's glorify Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, those who in also in the in the overflow welcome you. Hallelujah. Amen. This moment has come over overflows in a remarkable manner. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? We are going to we are going to enjoy our presence, the presence of the Lord in this house right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Greet your neighbor. Good morning. Say neighbor, your best life begins now. Whenever I see the end of a chapter and the beginning of a new one. Wow, I like this chapter that is coming. I love it. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody's life is going to change today. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, you may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. We are all happy to be here. I don't want to assume. We are all happy to be here. I don't know sound. Are you happy? Yeah. 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 Of 
Understand that uh, there is enough time that we have been given to achieve what God has designed for our lives. Amen. Say there is enough time that we have been given. In the book of Psalms 138, 139, verse 16. 139, verse 16. The first um, episode or the first teaching on this was about God. Amen. That in your order of priorities for those who have been that you have got and then you have got others second. Says say neighbor surprise, surprise. Your neighbor is coming second. Say you. Say neighbor, you must talk to me, otherwise I change neighbors. I swap neighbors. There's a window, you know. Say neighbor, there's a window of swapping neighbors. Before it closes. I must decide, please show yourself. Hallelujah. So the, the first the first one we're talking about putting God first in life. Amen. That if you wanna be happy, if you want to live the best the best life or the best time of your life, you need your you need to have your priorities. There's no doubt about it. There's no shortcut about it. Should you have that order confused, you're in trouble. Amen? Number one is God. First in the priorities, who is God? You know, uh, I was saying last week that some people might ask, you know, what about work? Work is taking so much of our time, you know? Where do we put work? And I told them that if you are if you separate your work from a service to God, you are in trouble. The Bible says that in everything that we do, we must do as if we are doing it for the Lord. 
So you cannot separate your work from your God. Whenever you can separate your job from your work, I mean from God. In your working, serve God. Say, neighbor, in your working, serve God. Use your work to serve and glorify God. I said to you that some of us are complaining about our work. Don't want it. I don't want this job. I don't know. Hey, they don't pay me. Hey, they are busy. Hey, what? But you forget that it's God's work. No matter you have evil masters, but it's God's work. Are you hearing me? God has assigned you there for a moment of time. Make the best of it. When your time for promotion comes or to move on, it will come. May your promotion find you ready for it. Amen. Hallelujah. It is in these obstacles and hard times that we find our promotions. Not complaining. Our reward is not from people, it's from God. Let me tell you this. Your salary is nothing compared to what God can do at you. Remove your eyes from your salary and put them on God. The reward. The reward is far better than the salary. A reward carries blessings. Money can have as much as you want. You blow it tomorrow. But a reward will carry you for a long time. Some people think that having more money is going to solve their problems. They are wasting their time. You will still have headaches, but a different kind of thing. Yeah. Just swapping headaches. Whenever you are just swapping headaches, so money is not going to solve all your problems. Money, money, yeah. Let's be honest. Forget this thing, Abzalan. Just be honest. Raivat Azar. Isn't it? Your neighbor is too much of Zalan. He's giving you hard time, isn't it? We do need money. It has its, its place. Hallelujah. But if it becomes your God of Mormon, you are in trouble. Do we love Jesus so? Let's clap hands for him. So, when our time that we spend at our workplaces must be a time spent saving God, not yourself. It will show in the, your service to the people. You know, last week I was speaking about uh, uh, you know, people, if you want to see people, you must just go to their workplaces just before they close. You'll know who they are. Just look at their faces. Just five minutes, two minutes before walking. It's like the way they're looking at you. It's like, are you okay? Are you in your right mind? Coming in this time when you're about to. Don't you think we have to go home? And I see if this person was listening to me when I was teaching on Sunday. On Monday, I went to President Eiffel. It was a holiday. And it's a, it was around just before we, we had our picnic here. So I, they needed something there. So I rushed there. When I get there and I see these people, they are standing there. And, 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 and they're saying, and I'm asking them, where is this? Where is that? They say, to fight us. And I look at them and I realize, okay. You know what they said to me? I'm like, why look at my mother? That's a 
why why are you coming here on this day? You know, like the first. And I said, yeah. So I said, but why are you coming here? I said, they said we are open. I said, yeah, but because they said we must open. And you could see that, the, you know what, you know, when at 12 o'clock they were not sleeping, obviously. Now they, and, and I asked them, what time are you going to know? They said 4 o'clock. And I could see even when they say 4 o'clock, it's like they're saying, these people are evil. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you see, that is your deployment in, the, in, in your spiritual life. Say never you have been deployed there for a while. It may not look the greatest of deployments, but for now you are there. Make the best use of it. Don't look up to men, look up to God. You'll enjoy your work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Secondly, is people. Say people. Say people. So people uh, our others, others come ahead of yourself. Interesting. Say never interesting. They come ahead of this. And I gave you a list last week of who comes for me. I said, if you're married, it's your wife, it's your husband, and uh, or your husband. Yes. Your husband comes first, amen? I see my pastor's place is next week, but it's so helpful. Last week he was not so blessed by my message because the wife was, she was separated from this man. And ashes must not do such things. Or is the wife? It's not ashes. I want to blame ashes. Okay. You love Jesus Christ? Let's clap clap hands for Jesus. Now your wife comes, or your husband comes first, and then next is your children. You know, sometimes children don't understand that. You know, sometimes I'll see, you know, my wife will be dis- disciplining my children, and they look at me and say, like, Daddy, are you going to do anything? But really, it's just gonna watch. I'm not talking about something you know. I mean, you can read it in their eyes. Say, hey, this this woman is killing me. Are you not gonna stop her? No, oh, you know what? Let this together. Hallelujah. Take it. I'm also beating the hell out of you. Do you love Jesus Christ? They are, they are second. second. Mm-hmm. Then, then comes your, 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 after your children comes your parents. The Bible says that they respect us with the honor of parents. So it comes your parents don't come before your wife. Our in-laws don't come before our wives. Tell the man next to you if he's married. Say your mother does not control your house. Priest, priest to that man next to you. Say, I can see the ring. Say, I can see the ring. Don't hide it. Your mother does not control your house. Amen. Some mothers-in-law, yo, they really control. They even decide, today we are eating. In that house, today you eat meat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, somebody asked me, you know, where, where then? Because I said after 
after the, the, the grandparents, after the parents, your parents is then who? Fellow believers. And this asked me, you know, uh, this morning, they asked me, what about brothers and sisters? And I said, oh, I don't see them in the Bible. All I remember is that God said, when, when he comes, he has come, he's going to meet you five times. Here's the thing, that unfortunately, he has blood sticker than what? Uh, perhaps they are not very far from how you can treat your fellow. Bible commands us to honor our parents, but I don't see it talking about honoring our brothers and sisters. I just don't see it. I'm not going to preach what I don't know. Are you hearing me? So I see them, you know, the way you treat them, you treat them, you say nothing, you treat them as your brother. Sometimes it's painful, but it's true. Hello! I don't see any scripture that says they must come before anybody. Amen? Certainly, they don't come before your wife, they don't come before your children, they don't come before your grandparents or parents. Maybe they come before fellow believers. You don't I don't want to build the doctrine around that, but I don't see them featuring in the scripture. Honest. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Yeah, but they certainly don't come before. You know, when I when I go, I talk about a lot about this a lot. You know, when I when I got married, I realized that my my sisters were bullying my wife. They were like seriously bullying her. I said, you know what? I see this. I said to them, you know what? You stop bullying her. This is my wife. Things have changed around here. This woman now has come in and she comes number one. You better accept it and get used to it. You know what? You gotta tell your brothers and your sisters, hey, this woman is not a foreigner now. It's my wife. Somebody must rise and tell them. I told them and I said, on top of that, from today, you stop calling me for money, you call my wife. I say, yo. And I'm telling you, from that moment, my expenditure went down significantly. Are, are you in the house? I see that you're not blessed or, you, or what's going on. I don't, I don't hear your amen. Is your amen coming? Even at the back here. Hallelujah. Do I sound the same from the back? Amen. And then number what? After your after your fellow believers comes comes the you know um comes who uh, comes the world. Hallelujah. Comes the rest of the world. You have got the responsibility to minister the gospel to them. You know, I was saying this for my priorities personally before we move on. Uh, you know, to what we're gonna do today is this. And this is not going to be nice to some people, but it's the truth. And if I don't tell you the truth, I don't love you and I don't love myself. Here's the thing. That my priority is to you, the members of this congregation. From now on, 
I realized in the past years that I spend more time with people outside my neighborhood. In fact, I realized that I've prayed more for people who have never set their foot in this place than me. And most of it is because what happens is that you default your dormant numbers. When you find somebody sick or anything, you call me. First, I've got this person here, and I have to minister to you. My commitment to the body of Christ is not for individuals. I bless their hearts. I can speak at conferences. I can speak on Facebook. I can do everything for a service to the body. But individuals need me unless they set their feet. They have churches. They have their shepherds. Lallegor Amenia slowly. So you call me and say, hey, Pastor Pray, here's the thing. I believe that I'm equipping you to do the service. You should believe that you can do what I can do out there. Then I'm not doing what are we doing here? If we are not transferring what we have into your lives, if we are like these gods that only ask and do the certain things, we are here to be empowered to give the best we can. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So when you go out there, you must believe that God is with you. When somebody has got a demon, you must say, Hey, out in the name of Jesus. If that demon refuses, say, I yield out. He said, Okay, I arrest you until Sunday. Hello. You say what? I arrest you till what? Till Sunday. Because you know you bring that person to church. I want to have more time to pray for you. And to pray for the body of Christ. Not individuals that I don't know. Unless I've been prompted by God to pray for them. Not somebody phoning me. Haven't you wondered why people outside this ministry need more prayers than you? Haven't you wondered that when you call me every time it's for others? What? what? Is it better for them to come where you are? Hello! In hard truth, but I'm going to tell you. After this, I'm going to sleep. Hallelujah. Do you still love Jesus Christ? The scripture that I wanted to, to give it to you, but I look for it this morning. I just, but I know that the scripture that says you must be careful how we, how we, we use our time with regard to people that are outside. Is there. Hello. We've been given so much time. The Bible taught us in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, which we read in last week, verse 15, that we must, we must live circumspectly. Live, I mean, walk circumspectly. In other words, live your life carefully. Redeeming the time, remember? Redeeming the time. Why redeem the time? Because the time you actually don't have to buy that by doing the right thing. If you do the wrong thing, 
in the right time, that time is lost and gone forever. You never get it. You didn't pay for it. Please carry that out to you. So you get thanks because you want to pay for it. By doing the right thing in the moment. Some of you, I don't know if you know the difference between chronos and kairos. Those are Greek words referring to time, both of them. But chronos refers to the knowledge by time, which is your watch. Which is what? Your watch. And then chronos is God's time. I mean, kairos is God's time. So in other words, you have to do the right thing in the right time. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. You will get the best results if what you do is aligned with the season of the time. Okay. The Bible says the sons of Isabel knew and they pretend what the times. And it says that, and what Israel ought to do in that time. So every time has certain two activities linked to. If you do those activities in that time, it becomes chaos. Because you really, you, you have, you have saved, not the right words, you have taken advantage of the moment and the grace of the moment. You do things out of chaos, you are toying. You will work like a donkey. You understand what I mean? You work and you won't see results because you are working outside the grace of what you are doing. Amen. Say no I'm tired of just working. You know, I'll, you know, I'll show you something today that will, will help you a lot. Amen. That will help many of us. This year must be a different year in the sense that we're going to do that we're going to get the best out of it. What's the use of us declaring it is a year of prosperity, but when people are not prosperity material? In other words, they are not ready. But it's not what is in the year, it's what you do with what is in the year. In fact, let me even tell you this, that it often, it does not even matter what is in the year, as long as you enter that year with God. God can make the best out of nothing. They can declare that it's going to be the worst of the worst years, but if you are a believer, you will say, I am with God. I don't know why is it that we want to hear it is a year of prosperity, it is a year of prosperity, a year of prosperity. Oh. So never, I, somebody has to tell me the truth finally. Our pastor has not declared what, what year this is going to be. Ish has not declared. But God didn't speak to you, not. He hasn't declared that year. Has to
we love Jesus Christ. We grow. We grow. We understand things better. We hear better. We do things better. That's a sign. Am I talking to somebody here? So, look, you are being success-proofed under any circumstances. You will make the best out of nothing because of who you are and the potential that God has put in you. You carry the Creator Himself who declared nothing out of something out of nothing. He said, "Let there be," and then there was. When I was speaking to your brother, he said, "Ah." You know what? It never dawned to me that God spoke to the ground and animals rose. I said, yeah, that's how it is. I said, no, I never really saw it that way. That actually, I thought he created animals. <laughs> it looks like some of you thought he got created animals. Like, he made them. He didn't command them to come out of something. He commanded the ground to bring forth animals. The sea to bring on the fish. He just spoke. When you look at the water, this ground, what can come out of this ground? The water. Yeah. When other people are looking for opportunities and things to do better, you come and say, I, I know, I've been taught. Out of these circumstances, the best shall come. The best shall come forth. Out of this situation, I know a God who tends pastures green. When others are looking for greener pastures, you tend pastures green. You know, I told you about Abraham and Lot was the kind that looked for opportunities. He says, ah, there's an opportunity there. It looks green, it looks nice. He went. Abraham looked the other way. It didn't look like anything. But because he carried the one that brings out, out of what does not look like, he brings out. Look at Israel today. Even as it looks, it sustains the whole world with agriculture as a desert. Say neighbor, you got to know who you carry. I'm proud of being a Christian because my Christianity is practical. I can see it. It's not here. It's here. And I want it to work for me. You know, I'll, you know, I'll show you. Can, can, can I just go to the scripture? Please just go here. Today, today's teaching is about self. Making yourself a priority. Hallelujah. Say never making yourself. How do you prioritize yourself? So this is what we are talking about today. Amen. Uh, I asked you for a scripture today. Did you read it? Have you been, can you read it? Psalms 139, verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes were sitting. Mm. 
Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet they were none of them. Verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, God. How great is the sum of them. Verse 18. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sun. When I awake, I am still with you. Verse 19. Oh, that you would slay the wicked over me. Oh, we will stop there. Hallelujah. Take us to Jesus Christ. Now, now, the most important thing that you must do, and all of us, I want us to do coming the following days is this. I want you to make an appointment with yourself. Look at your neighbor. I want you to make an appointment. He says you must make an appointment with yourself. Where it doesn't matter. If you have got money, it will be a hotel. If you don't have money, it's a mountain. Hallelujah. But have an appointment with yourself. You know what is the pro- the problem that we have in this world is people who don't know themselves. It's people who don't know themselves. You know, look at that saying, but the problem we have in this world is people who don't know themselves. It's the cause of everything. Every frustration, every broken relationship, every whatever you call it, it's people who don't know who they are. Amen? Thank you. It's people who, do, who, do, who don't know who they are. If you don't know who you are, you will be all over the place in this world. So you need to and there are things that you fight for and things you spend your time on that are not even worth it. There are certain things that you're trying to push yourself into and you know what, they're not even worth it. And it's all about time. But if you know who you are in Christ, you'll stop picking up the wrong buttons. You'll see that this one is not worth fighting. Amen. I'm going to say a few things that I believe that are going to help a lot of people today. Amen? So first thing, you must have a meeting with yourself. You know, it's just that now we are, we are, uh, uh, can I have two chairs? Can I have two chairs here? Can I have two chairs? Can I have five? Can I have two chairs here? So you can see me. All right, let's, let's have another chair. Let's, let's have another chair here. And when you get there, just put two chairs like this. Put just two chairs like this and sit here like this and say, Say, finally I get to meet you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or, or madam or whatever you call this person. Say, finally I get to meet you. I, I just want to understand. You know, who, who am I? You know, the spirit in you knows who you are. The spirit is the one that met God before. When he says, when I formed you in my mother's womb, I knew you and I called you to be. That was before you were even conceived, wasn't it? 
So the spirit knows who you are. Let me tell you this. Forget all this glamour, all the bling bling, all the attention, all, all the respect you have from people, all the achievements in this. Forget them. Say never forget them. Forget all your looks. I see you look beautiful. This beauty is not going to give you immediate results. That you are, you are, that you are looking for. Uh, say, don't be nice to your neighbor too much. I tell your neighbor, say, never, this beauty will not work for you like today. I don't know when it will work for you. You look beautiful. Say, never, you look beautiful. But this beauty, no, it's not going to help you today. Amen. Forget all those things. Get down to the real things and sit down and say, who am I? You cannot continue like this. You know, some of us, you're going to marriage, you divorce, you, you go to the next wife, you divorce. You don't stop to say, hey man, who are you? What are you looking for? Until in this world, what are you looking for? You fail in this thing, you pick up another one. You just go on like this. When are you going to stop and say, who am I? What do I want in this world? A string of broken relations, a string of failures. When are you going to stop? When are you going to stop and be real? How can you be a problem to everyone? And then everyone, you have a problem with everyone except yourself. Now you have to say, Dan, you got to speak to me today, you madam. What's going on in my life? It has to stop here. You know, we've been in this together. Tell me, man, when's that in my life? I want to understand. Go down. That Kubek and we are pushing, we're going, we change this, we try that, we push this, we, we press this, we pull this. Say, never, you got to stop. Let me try that too. This time I'm going to try that. No, you got to stop. Whatever you do next, it must succeed. I say, what you do next must succeed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. A string of failures. All you think about is the demon. Do you love Jesus Christ? <laughs> say, demon, demon, say, demon, say, no, 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 please. We know we are bad people. But hey, we were prevented from coming in. You know. Sometimes they are prevented. They would like to. They can't wait for that chance, but sometimes they can't. And then you come around and blame the ah, but they stopped us. You know? Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody in the house? Let's step thanks for Jesus Christ. Have a meeting with yourself. You want to understand who, who you are. Who am I? And that, by that you are addressing the issue of purpose. You, know, you want to understand what's my purpose of being here. That's, that's the question you're asking. And, and, and you look back and say, and, 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 and things will be downloaded and the Holy Ghost will begin to, to remind you through your spirit and will say to speak to your spirit and say, tell this person to ask the mother the circumstance of his birth. Because you never stop. You're just going like this. 
things have happened in your life that were indication of where you are going and who you are. Stop and pay attention. The book of Job says God is speaking, always speaking, but people don't listen. He speaks through circumstances, but people don't listen. People are busy trying things, trying things. Trying next year, oh, 2024, I'm going to try this other business. Say so never stop it. You have tried enough. You have, you have exceeded your quota of trials. Are you blessed, Vazalani? Am I speaking to somebody outside? Yeah. Why my relationships don't work? Why they don't work? How can they work when you don't know yourself? Just, just, just step down from whatever you are claiming. Just come down. Sit down and ask. And you know where you're going to get the answers from? Not from above, from within. You know, we are carrying this spirit in us everywhere, where even the spirit does not want to go. Because we bully the spirit. We drag the spirit to be where we want to be, where we want to be, where we believe we ought to be, based on what? We ought to humble. Sometimes we like things so much that we even believe it's our, our calling. Or it's our purpose. It's because you love it. Anyway, let's face it, you love it so much. The fact that you are good at something also does not necessarily mean that's what you ought to be doing. So you sit down with yourself. And say, this is God. I know you people call him all sorts of things. Maybe even confess. Forget that word. Forget apostle. Forget pastor. You know, forget this type of words. Just, 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 you know, we've started fasting today, haven't we? Oh, congratulations. Yeah. This is the time, isn't it? This is the moment to say, Lord, oh, you know what? I don't know how much time is left to do, but this is time to download everything that ought to be done in this hour. Amen? You know, I was saying this morning that, look, the Bible says that our days are numbered. Before we even start, so we've got X number of days. There's never no extra unless you, by grace, you get some extra time. But when it starts, with X number of days. What we pray for is not that we shouldn't die, but not to die before Christmas. That's our prayer. Not to come to heaven before your expectations. I want to go to heaven when they prepared everything for me. Like they are expecting my arrival. Even when I come in, say, oh, the child is back in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They are expecting me back home. Not like you suddenly come, hey, why did you come? I know there was an accident. 
I cancel anything that wants to take your life before time right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No one will snatch your life before your time. I say there's no accident that is planned in hell that will take your life. There is no sickness that is planned in hell that will take your life. There is no poison planned in hell that will take your life. You'll go home when it is your time. I declare it from this pulpit in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That we declare. Not going to go home before I'm expecting. No. I don't, I, I said this morning, I don't want to finish my earthly days in life. Do you love Jesus Christ? So never look beautiful, Marakanite. I forgot to tell you. So really look smart. I don't care even if they don't tell you at home. I know these people, you know. So never I know these people. Banana level chart. Amen. So you have a meeting with yourself. Number one question. There are three questions that you're going to be addressing in that meeting. There are three questions. The first question is, who am I? Who is this person? You see it and, and you look back and you see your life. Look, I, I went to school here. Why did I even go to school in that place? Everything about your life was saying something. Everything. That's why we Leave that child in the hospital. I'm gone. I'll see you. Not that I'm going anywhere, but I just want to. It's, that will benefit everybody around you, even including your husband or your wife or your children. Amen. Hallelujah. Because people don't know what to do to make you happy anymore. They just don't know. Or maybe not you. The person who lives with you. You have a problem with the person who lives with you. Not you, isn't it? the same thing. Do you love Jesus Christ? So the first question is, who am I? And, and it will take you through everything. The schools you've been there. The degrees that you have achieved. Everything. Look at them. They are, they are speaking. And you will see where you really went off. See it. Yeah. Because the Spirit, the Holy Ghost is there in that meeting. Also. Amen. Just be honest. Honestly, just be honest. Why my kids are always complaining about their children? Why do I have this pattern? Why do I see these patterns around my life? Are you are you still in the house of God? Say, I'm going to do that. So that will tell you what your purpose is. Some of you will begin to remember that. Oh, but by the way, when I saw my pastor some years back, he said that. For a woman of God, one day said this to me. Oh, when it was preached one day and this word was said, you know, it, it, it really touched me. Why, why was that message so strong? We just move on. Say, no, that's the problem. We just move on. 
We don't notice these things when they happen around us. Amen. Do you love Jesus Christ? Job 14 and five, verse 5, you can read it at home. It's about like this. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 16, about the times that we have in the world. Um, the days, you know? Say purpose. And then from your purpose, once you know what is your purpose, then from there you will know where you are going. Amen? Say number, then you will know where you are going. A vision must come out of purpose. A vision does not come out of, oh, okay, one day I want to be, one day I want to see this. Where is it coming from? It does not align with your purpose, young children. Once you understand who you are, then you know where you are going. You see, here's the thing, Bhagavan, what is this is what is important. Um, is that when we understand when we are going, where, where we are going, then we will understand the details of the journey that we are taking. The preparation that is necessary. Who's supposed to be with us in the journey? And I'll tell you more about that. I just want to show you something here before I move on. Do you love Jesus Christ? Um, I had made this sketch quickly and I hope I will not struggle again. Let's put this my phone. When, when we talk about prioritizing God in your life, and other people are, people are thinking of this pie, you know, and that you slice it and every time it's, it's getting smaller. That is not necessarily the case. It's not that there's a slice that belongs to others' family and then your slice, the cake gets smaller and all that. It does not work like that. You can understand the things of the spirit. And I'm going to give you a secret today that will make you have more faith in what God is doing in your life. Hallelujah. I want to show you something. You love Jesus Christ? Um, okay. Let's hope this will not be challenging. Okay, I'll show you. I'll show them here. Uh, that's all for what you see here. Okay. Okay, when you see this circle, this is the time that you have. Whether it's 24 hours in a day. Okay, this is all you have. Within this, you have to do everything. Amen. So we are saying God is the center of your life. And I'll show you what this actually means. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
okay, this is what it means. It means God is the center of your life. Now, this means God is the center of your life, okay? All right, let me just show how that is. Can all see that? Eh? Now I'll show you a typical pie. People think that when you're talking about others and all that, you have to cut into slice. You have to slice this thing down. Okay, then that time belongs to my mother, my husband, my brother, whatever, whatever. You understand what I mean, children? That you have to divide this cut into like a cake. In that way. No, I want to show you something. You have to add another layer. Now look at this. You have to add another layer of others. You see what it means? Is God in the center, others all around God, and I'll explain you why, why it's like this. And then you occupy the whole. Is it making sense? Now, when you're talking about a particular activity, I'll show you, I'll show you that. When you're talking about, okay. Is God and then others, then you, the third layer. It's not like you here and then others there. You know what I mean? You're always part of everything. Whatever is happening around you. I'll explain why it is important. You're always part of everything. You have a slice in everything. Let me add, let me add the last one so that we, we understand now. Let me add the last one. Thank you. Let's step in for her. Now, now you see, now you slice it down. Now you slice it down. Do you see that? Now, every time you slice it down, you, you have a part of every slice. Now, let's talk about, let's talk about uh, helping others or whatever. When you take time helping others, Let's say this pie is where you help others. It's God. Always God. When you help others, it means your brother chasing God. It's not outside God. It's making sense. Then others 
you know, is there. You take time out to go and help others. And you, you, you wonder, where is my time going to be? No. Now listen to this carefully. Okay, let me, before I, I say that. Uh, are you still here? Others. You are still part of that. You still get a share of that time. But in the end, you think that you have spent time helping others. But the third layer tends to be the biggest onus. God occupies the smallest part of your life. You think is the biggest. He occupies the smallest. No, he occupies the biggest in, this, in, the eyes, in your eyes. But in the, in the spirit realm, it takes very little of your time. Oh, okay. I'll give you an example. Okay, let me show them here. Okay, you see here. If you go help others, do you see the slices? You are on this block. You are helping others here. You are helping them because you prioritize God. He's the center of water. He's the focus. But if you look at this, in terms of the time, in the end, you still have more time. You are part of everything. And I will explain that. Let's take example of students. Right now, you think, um, I, have so much, I want to study for seven hours. And it's a Sunday. You come to church. And you come to a church like ours that never ends. You know, our church doesn't end. So anyway, our church is graced. It doesn't end. The angels never leave. The Holy Spirit is always there. Very patient with people. Hallelujah. And, 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 and you're a student. And you, you had budgeted to study for seven hours. And then you go to a church like this one. It takes five hours. Say, so, shoo. I only have two hours to study. Now listen to me. And you immediately think I'm going to fail. And in fact, at the end, I'm going to give you about five tools or so that are going to make you definite success this year. Definite. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This one, because they apply in every situation. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Do you love Jesus Christ? Now, a student comes to church like, hey, I've got so much to go through. I need seven months. Come to church, this church, the pastor is in the spirit, everybody else follows. People are tumbling, falling, and they're speaking, they don't stop. What next? Looking at the time, what are you doing? You are looking at Kronos. That's your thing. Okay. You are looking at what? You are looking at Kronos. You don't realize, as far as God is concerned, Kronos, Kronos has been magnified on this matter. Let, let me tell you how it works. Do you love Jesus Christ? We have students here. We have students. We have students outside. Oh, I'm in yet going out. People must go, to, must go and study. What are we doing? Look at the neighbor. What are we doing? We must go to school. I like I hear lonely amen somewhere. Like a lonely amen. Are people going to school here? That's better. That's better. Hallelujah. Now listen to this. 
You are planning to study for how long? For seven hours. You go to church for five hours and you are left with what? Two hours. And you look at the volume of the work that you have to do. It's like, how do I even manage? But let me tell you that when you leave church, you'll still be having 14 hours to do your work. Why is that? How, why is that? It's because... Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you, like, you reach for seven hours. How many of you, after four hours, have to go through one word seven times? Let me see the hands. One word, like, you don't understand this word, like, seven times anymore. I mean, like, what's wrong with me? Let me see the hands. I mean, people, maybe I'm talking to the wrong people. So, so it is happening, isn't it? Like, you go back to it. Okay, let me go drink water. I mean, maybe I need a fan. You come back and say, oh, I don't understand this word. Does it happen to somebody? Actually, in your seven hours, you're only productive four hours. You just wanted seven hours because that's what you believe. But look at this. You come back from church. Your mind is as fresh as anything. You sit down. One hour, one hour you cover what you will not even believe. In one hour, you do the work that you could have done in 14 hours. That's what it means. You see, when you spend time in God, although it looks like it's most, but it, ex it, it amplifies all other times. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? As long as it's about God, you will amplify if the work of God is going to stop because you are doing something else, then God is not in priority. Then you are on your own. Tell neighbor, then you are on your own. Hallelujah. So God becomes a person. God becomes a priority. Tithe works in the same way. You only take 10% of your money, but it covers 90%. So the rest of your time is protected if what has to come to God has been brought to God. Are you hearing me? So the second question that you have to ask is what? Where am I going? Say, where am I going? So that is vision. Say, that is vision. Where am I going? It is what? It's vision. Which must come out of purpose. Hallelujah. If you don't have purpose, if you don't have purpose, you can't even come to the next question. Amen? Where am I going? What is my destiny? Where do I see myself? Where do I see this family? And so on and so forth, according to what God has put in my life. Many people get stuck there. Many people will ask them what's your vision. They don't know why I'm talking about. The problem is that they have not started with their purpose. How can you have your vision without your purpose? Go back to your purpose. Then from it, say, okay. So if I know why I'm in this world, so when do I want to achieve this thing by when? That's when those things come in. Okay? So I want to be the best of what I can be. So I'm called to, to be a president. Somebody's called to be a president here, isn't it? Of this country. We need some presidents that come from churches. The presidents that fear God. Amen. 
Yeah, maybe after your one-on-one with yourself, say, never stop having one-on-one with men of God. Have one-on-one with yourself. Tell your neighbor, have one-on-one with yourself. And then you realize that, hey, I'm called to be a president. The dreams that I used to have. I saw, once saw myself in parliament. Hey, I, one day I came. Well, what am I doing? Where am I doing? What am I wasting my time there? I'm actually a president. Amen. That's why I'm forcing people to do this and that and that. I'm in the wrong place. I must get out of that place. Say, anybody, do you see the source of your problems? You are fighting the wrong people. So I need to get out. I need to start now. My vision is that in five years, I really want to make sure that I have an influence, at least in my community. I I want to build it up towards them. So everything that you do aligns with that. Are, Are you hearing me? Remember this, every activity, tell your neighbor, every activity that you do must align with your vision and your purpose. It must be evaluated along that way. Amen? Uh, I want to I show you something practical. I, 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 are, you, are you here? You see, my, my, my wife, when we got married, we used to, we used to fight the Lord. You know, we used to fight the Lord. People look at us and say, okay, this guy's an important. Okay, but we used to fight the Lord, okay? When we started, you know? We used to fight over everything. You know, okay. Don't throw something away simply because you're fighting. Some, sometimes you just have to grow. Hallelujah. And, and we're fighting less now because I realize that some things are not worth fighting. Are you hearing me? Because they are not going to change the overall vision of where we are going. Some things you can just leave. Say, so, never, why when I want to fight over everything? Some things you can just leave. Hallelujah. It's because you realize that that's where I'm going. In life, this is what you must fight for. Tell your neighbor. Fight for anything against anything that wants you to take you off track. But that is if you know where you're going. The reason why you're picking fights everywhere is that you don't know where you're going. You evaluate everything in the light of where you are going. You say, are you, are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because... Whether somebody loses that or they don't lose that, it does not change the overall. All I will be losing is my pride. All I'll be losing is what? It's your pride. And I'm telling you, relationships are, are sacrificed on the altar of pride. Tell your neighbor, relationships are slaughtered on the altar of pride. If you check and say, what was there to lose? Pride. Seriously? Was this thing going to take you off course? No. Was it affecting your overall vision for family? No. Overall vision for this? No. What? No. I mean, I can't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. That's pride. Look at your neighbor. That's pride. Hallelujah. So between ourselves, we realize some things are not really 
Just some you win, some you lose, some you. They don't change anything. When you stay with somebody, you're going to fight. Hello? Say never. Go stay on the top of the mountain alone. Are you telling your neighbor? Go stay where? Alone. And don't let anybody know where you are. And don't take your cell phone with you. Because they will irritate you even on your phone. Am I talking to somebody here? You love Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, I was talking to uh, I was talking to uh, somebody that you know, one of the problems that we have, and in fact there was an issue concerning uh, 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 one young man before that, let me just go to this. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tell you when I'm done with the, with the last one. Let me just give you the third question because it will cover both questions nicely. This, 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 this story. Hallelujah. You love Jesus Christ. So, the next thing is, you know, uh, the Bible says that where there is no vision, people are not going anywhere. They perish. Okay? Where there is what? No vision, there is no life. Where there's no vision, there's no what? There's no life. Number three. Now, the third question that we have to ask in that meeting is, how are we going to get there? Now that we know who we are, now that we know where we are going, now we want to know how we are going to get there. Amen? There are things that need to be done now. Amen. Say neighbor, there are things that must be done now. Before you embark on a journey. There are things that you need to do now to, to prepare yourself for the journey. Now I'll speak about some of the things later. But here's the thing. First of all, you need to know who is going to be with you in this journey. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, when it comes to relationships, Bazalani, and I want to say this again, that, you see, God looked at Eve. I mean, he looked at Adam. And so that Adam will not be able to achieve the overall vision without Eve. Are you hearing me? And God provided him with Eve. Who became his companion? A co pilot. Amen. Somebody was going to be there by his side. By his side. By his side. Hallelujah. And, 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 and helping him as a co director in his journey. What is the problem with relationships is that people who don't have a vision, wants to go into relationships. Are you hearing me? In other words, a person who does not know where he is going in life wants to be in a relationship. Which is a problem because now, when I know where I finally want to go, and I know I'm going to take time, and I see 
Or I don't know, I'm going to Cape Town, but I'm just driving, I'm, I'm following this road. Some people, just they just got on the road, they don't know where this road is going, they are just going. And then on the way, they see somebody, can I come with you? They just jump in, and then they call it a relationship. They call it what? And then on the way, can, can, can we marry each other? Meanwhile, the person you picked up on the road does not, does not know that this road also is not going where he's going. But by chance, yours is going where you are going, by chance. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And suddenly this person realizes that you, you are actually on your way to Cape Town and he's going to Bethel. And that's where the fight begins. Because I want to go to Devon, my friend. But you didn't say when you're going in there that you want to go to, to Devon. But you, you also didn't tell me where you were going. <laughs> and then the fight begins. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? And the fight begins. And people jump out and then some divorces, how can you even stop them? Because people are jump out of the cars. Because the guy doesn't want to stop. I don't want to go there. But then why are you in my car? Oh, can you hear me outside? I hope in your relationship there is not such a, a thing happening. Hallelujah. I hope you both know that you are going to Devon or you are going to Cape Town. And people begin to fight. I, I, are you hearing me? You know, they, they was a, there was a young man that I spoke to some time back. So this young man calls me, you know, a year or so ago. He calls me and he says to me, men of God, pray for me. And I say, what is it that you want me to pray for you? So he said, no, Ish, um, I've lost something very important in my house. And I say, what is this important thing? He tells me, which I can't tell you, because it's a very serious thing, and I can't give you details. It happened some time back. And, and then this person said to me, I lost this very important thing, but I suspect that my girlfriend took it. And I said, okay, why would your girlfriend take it? And he said to me, we fought. And then after fighting, I was angry. I took the important thing that belongs to her, and I put it in the car. Okay. So, okay. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying this. Okay, fine. Here's the thing. First of all, and, and the one, one thing for sure is this, that whenever you call me for anything, I said I'm available for you, but, but it's not just being available. I'm the kind of person who's going to tell you this. I don't bless mistakes. I don't bless mistakes. Hallelujah. And I'm happy with this young man because you could, could see that, Basalani, there are things we, a lot of people don't know and we assume they know. And it depends on how, where you grew up and how you grew up, which churches you're coming from. In some churches, these things don't matter. These principles don't matter. And I said to him, you cannot be staying with that woman. You're not married. Number one, let's start there. 
I see the, the devil walking into a house straight like this. I mean, there, was, there were no checkpoints. Are you in the house? I mean, he walked with this, into that, with this entourage. I mean, there were, there were no checkpoints. They were all removed. Are you hearing me? And I said, let's start there. This person was not supposed to be in your house. He was married. And this person said, we're engaged. And I want to explain that thing of engagement. Because people also don't understand this thing. Engagement is not marriage. It's not a, it's, it's, it's not a, a, a permit for anything. It's not a license for anything. I don't know what it is. I don't even know what it is. Say me, but do you know what is, what is it? You're walking around. I'm engaged. What is that? Are you here? You're walking around all saying about what is it? What is it? I mean, it's, you know, of, of course, the, the, the Bible does mention you know, betrothal and all that, but, you know, at the same time, you could see that even when, when Joseph was, I mean, Mary was betrothed with Joseph, he had not slept with him. That's why Jesus. That pregnancy was an issue. Yes. So I want to teach everyone here. So I said to this person that, okay, let's start there. We need to sort, we need to repent. And he was willing. Because you can see that, you know, that was, marriage stands on three legs. Say marriage stands on three legs. Three blessings. The first one is the parents' blessing. The second one is the church's blessing. And then the third one is the government's blessing. All these institutions have got a blessing bestowed upon them. Authority to bless. Even though our governments may be evil sometimes. But they still have the authority to bless. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. They still do what? So, so marriage it has not gone through that, you know. And then he said to me, okay, fine, and then we repented, and that's why I'm mentioning this story. So he wanted to know from him, so what do do this? What do I do? And some of you may be sitting here listening, and you have, you have made mistakes. You want to know how do I come out? Am I talking to somebody here? And I said, you know what? First of all, forget this thing. Take a break. Take a leave of absence from a relationship. Tell your neighbor, take a leave of absence from a relationship. Yeah. Go find yourself. Yeah. Go have a meeting with yourself. Who am I? What do I want in this world? Rather than frustrating another woman's child. Are you hearing me? Go find yourself. Okay, you know what? Wait for me here. I'm going to find myself. When I find myself, I'll come back to you. I'll tell you my findings. And then we'll decide where to from here. Are you, are you hearing me? In other words, you cannot have a relationship with somebody who knows who you are. You are bound to fail. I tell you now. They're going to call me for prayers left, right, and center. Your marriage will be sustained by my prayers. 
Tell your neighbor, your marriage will be sustained by his prayers. That's it. Are you, are you hearing what I'm telling you? Now, there are five tools that I want to give you that will help you uh, in this journey. Are you still here? Say there are five tools. Uh, number one. Number one is faith. We need faith because uh, the things that the Spirit of God is going to direct you to do will not make sense most of the time. Are you hearing me? Remember, faith is believing the things unseen, not yet made evident. Are you hearing me? But yet in the spirit reality, you can see them. That they exist. And there's a substance. I'm trying to summarize what scripture says you understand what is it is. Are you hearing me? You will need faith because you are a Christian. You are a child of God. If you are going to succeed in this world, you will have to, 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 to rely fully on the word of God and God himself. They, you have heard that they say tongues are going to be tongues. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? I don't want to talk. Okay. Lessons say everything is in that is the way of God. I'm telling you, things are going to be tight. But not for you. I say not for you. Uh, you are I say not for you. Oh, there must be a difference between you and somebody who's not here today, who's enjoying, thinks he's enjoying life on the, on the boat, on the, on the Val River, not going to church. There must be a difference, isn't it? Ah, I'm talking to somebody here. There must be a difference between you and somebody who says, I don't believe God, isn't it? You must be in the situation, the same situation, but you must come out different. So will be your nature. Hallelujah. So number one is what? Number one is what? You have to develop your faith. Faith in God. Start from today. Believe, believe God for as many things as possible. As little as possible. Amen. Don't wait for certainty in life for you to move to make your first move. Tell your neighbor, don't wait for absolute certainty. Don't wait for things to align for you. Before you make your first move, it's not a sign of faith. When you hear, you believe and you do. Let it be your life this year. Am I talking to somebody here? Let it be what? Let it be your life this year. You do what? You hear, move and you do. Amen? Say, that's my life this year. So you will need this tool called faith. Anybody will need this tool called faith. Remember, I said to you last week, 
that you must stop saying you don't have time. Say, I don't, that's not my priority. Because there is time for everything. You just decide which time you allocate to what. Isn't it true? So when I ask you to do something, tell me straight, Ruth, not my priority. I will understand you. Amen. Because don't say to me, no, tell me straight, it's not my priority. Hello? Which is true. Why am I saying that? Because the moment you say that, you think. Is it true? That thing is not my priority. It quickens your mind. And you think twice about it, isn't it? No, how can I say that? But actually, that's what you've been saying. When you say you don't have time. Hallelujah. All the things that we allocate time to, it makes sense to do that. That's why you need faith. You will need to allocate some time to something that does not make sense. That might even look like a waste of time, but yet becomes an investment of time. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So you need faith. You cannot be okay. It makes sense to you. You know, I I told you about the Bitcoin story, isn't it? For those who are not here, that you know, Bitcoin when it started, nothing made sense. Nothing. People questioned it. The people who held on to it, let me tell you, had no reason except faith in it. Because their arguments were written off. I mean, they were every argument against this thing with faith. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So what made them hold on to Bitcoin? And in the end, it was no longer logic. It was what? Faith. This thing one day it will be something. But today, one coin, even half a coin, is worth something. It's making millionaires today. That very coin that at the time, too. Are you hearing me? So it's gonna be like that. Are you hearing me? It's gonna be like that. The things that we'll have to invest time in, that doesn't make sense. And everybody says to me, hey, and I, and I talked about, you know, um, um, you know uh, the kingdom of God, how it operates, you know, giving the scriptures, okay? But the kingdom of God is like, like the treasure that is hidden in the field. Somebody goes and sells everything. And people say, are you going to put money in this lousy piece of land? He says, yeah, you sell everything really for this lousy land. People will look at you and say, this is not a good investment. But you know, you know what you're missing. Amen. Sometimes it might be that you don't even know that you just put faith. You didn't know what you say. God said, and I'm going to do People who stand out in any area are the people who held on to this word of faith. Are you in the house of God? Say, I will need faith. Say, I will need faith. To prioritize my life this year. Is it making sense to someone here? So how do you ex- how do you develop that and how do you exercise that? It is believing, starting small, small today. Amen.
Are you still in the house of God? Number two, tool that we need is discipline. Say discipline. Say discipline. The problem is not the decisions that we make sometimes, but it's implementing it. It's actually doing it. Say, neighbor, do you have New Year's resolution? Ask your neighbor, do you have New Year's resolution? Are Why? Everybody's making it. We have New Year's resolution. Every year people start afresh. They say, hey, this year I want to do, you have a list. Do you have, do you have them this year? Do you have a list? This side, they do have a, do you have a list? You haven't, you haven't thrown it up yet. You're waiting for prayer. You're waiting for fasting and prayer. No? You want to hear from God. I I, 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 are you hearing what I'm saying? So, discipline. As much as you may know things, but what will bring you to do them is the discipline. Say discipline. And there is a kind of fasting that I, I want you to. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't call it a fasting, but people call it a fasting. But I. I want to use it. I believe we must use it for this reason. Amen. It's where you fast certain kinds of foods. They call it fasting. I think the fasting, yeah, but hey, it's fasting. You, you, you take out, are you in the house? Uh, there's something disturbing people there. Oh, they're moving from the sun. Oh, you don't have to shift in the house. Outside the adjustment I need to be done now. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, fasting is a discipline. Amen. So, do you want to develop discipline? Let me see if people want to develop discipline. Because it's, it's one of the problems that we have in not prioritizing things. Discipline. You said you're going to do this and then you don't do it. It's because you're not disciplined. It's because you're not disciplined. You know, if, if, I, if, if I had a choice to teach discipline, I would just take people Spend a month there. When they come back, they'll be disciplined. But I want to teach you a simple, simple way to teach you how to discipline yourself. It's this selective fasting. In other words, you say to yourself for the month of January and February until I'm not December until until April. I'm not going to eat chocolate. I mean, for don't take something you know is not your problem. I'm talking about, now I'm talking to chocolate eaters here. Do you have chocolate eaters in the house? Can I hear amen from chocolate eaters? Aha. So you say to yourself, until April, I'm not going to eat chocolate. Let me tell you this. If you can make it, you are a discipline. Now you have developed discipline. That will help you in the spiritual thing. Are you hearing me? Hey, I have a problem of discipline. I have a, that's why, no, I'm telling you. This is how to train yourself. 
Start with the things you know. Chocolate. Some people is not chocolate. Some people is Coke. Some people is tea. Coffee. Meat. Force. So ask your neighbor what do they like so that I can preach about them. What is your neighbor like? Like, you know what? I can't do without you. You see, if you, you talk about it, you, you, they can even feel it. What do we have this side? Huh? Chips. Zimba chips. Is the list exhausted? Is it chocolate out there? Chocolate camp? Looks like chocolate is popular out there. Hallelujah. Now, good people. You say for the next three months, I'm not going. I tell you, you're not leaving it. You are teaching this chocolate who you are. It's not going to bully you around anymore. You're going to say no when you want to say no to chocolate. Coffee. You have got people's lives that are controlled by coffee. I've got more people that need to be delivered from these things than demons. Hallelujah. Do you want to learn discipline this year? Go take out something that you love. Don't take one that you know you won't have a problem. Ah, this one, ah, one month I can go. No. This one. You know what I'm talking about. You can see it in front of you. Yes. I have a problem with stone. Stony. I'm gonna deal with it. Like I, like now, I feel like stony. Hallelujah! Are we going to learn some discipline this year? We're going to eliminate something, and you look at it. Go buy it. We be more Show it, show it some respect. You can't deal it with while sitting in the shop, you know. Bring it to your house. So we're not going to buy it. It's a no. If you want to show yourself strong, bring it into the house. And put it there. Say, you chocolate, I'll teach you. Not going to touch you. No, no, I'm not touching you. You pass it there and put it where you can see the new thing. There's something you are disciplining in the inside of you. You are killing something. Amen? You are doing what? You are killing until it has got no feelings in you. Oh, we fit a Chocolate, you are not controlling me. You have lost your power over my life. Hallelujah. Say thank you, Jesus. So, we, all of us are going to have to take something. And I know in my family, they're going to be watching. They're watching. So, you said this. What's this? Thing? <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you love Jesus Christ? The third one. Have good health. 
have good health. In other words, promote good health. Whatever you can. Eat properly. Remember, we are what we eat in the spiritual and even in the physical. You can't do much if you have to pull a lot of weight around. So is the scripture. We must get rid of the weight that decisions. How can we run this race if we have got things that weigh us? Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. There are things that happen in the spirit, in the physical realm that are prophetic for spiritual realm. I can tell you this, that if I'm not physically active, I find it difficult, uh, lazy to do God's work. Do you have that experience? I cannot have the energy because I'm not healthy. In the, I am the, the carrier of God's grace. The carrier must be good. Hallelujah. I must look, I must be healthy to be able to run further. Hmm, are you hearing me outside? Yes. Sometimes I feel so heavy that ish, I can't even chase the game. Have you seen our policemen and our policewomen? I mean, I mean, they look good. Good. But can they chase anything? Do you love Jesus Christ? Say glory, hallelujah. Let's eat properly. Amen. Let's eat properly. Let's exercise. Let's walk around. We want the best out of this year, don't we? Don't we? So let's go around. Let's exercise. Let's get something. Let's get Amen. Amen. Who's going to exercise this year? Who's going to start exercising this year? I see the hands that I have. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. You know, I was saying to this morning, listen to me. Now listen to me. Some of you are struggling with eating healthy. Eh? But you are struggling with eating healthy. Oh, it's not a struggle. It is. Eh? It's a struggle. All right. Are you listening to me? One of the ways to improve the kind of your, your, your diet is to exercise. When you exercise, your appetite changes. Yeah. When you exercise, your appetite changes. Who knows what I'm talking about? The things that you have struggled eating, you, you realize once you start eating healthier, you can now eat inside. Otherwise, it becomes something else. When you are not, when you are unhealthy, your appetite is also unhealthy. That's why it becomes a vicious cycle coming out of it. You have to start moving. Start moving. Oh, I want to change my diet. No, start moving. The diet will follow you. Is it true? Just start moving. Just start moving. Fed cookies. Just start moving. 
the fourth cookies will, will fall off as you move. I, are you telling your neighbor? Or the Malkunyata Wantirtama. As you as we move, certain things will start falling off, isn't it? Start moving. Don't say, I want to change my diet. I want you're gonna fail. Amen. Start doing what? Start moving. Amen. Are you are you learning something? These are the things that we must do this year. And the, how many tools have I given you? Uh, three. Number four is focus. Have focus. People struggle with focus. People struggle with what? Yo, things are competing. So, okay, first of all, if you know your priorities, you will reduce the number of things you have to deal with. Some things just on the list of it will just fall off. Now I know ah, this one. But still, sometimes, even on this one thing, you cannot concentrate well. Now, discipline and focus are not the same thing. You still have focus, but you don't have the discipline to, to push, pull through with it. Is it clear? But this one is where you have the discipline, but you can't really keep your focus on this. And I'm going to give you a secret for this. How to improve your problem of focus. Memorize scriptures. Memorize scriptures. Memorizing scriptures is going to help you with your memory. Is it making sense to someone here? Say, memorizing scriptures improves your memory. Is it, is it making sense to someone? So the more we commit the word of God to our minds, the more our minds will be cleaned. Remember that the fact that you don't have focus is not only what you are thinking about. Uh, there is somebody who benefits from you losing focus. And that's your, that's not your friend. It's your enemy. Amen? Sometimes to lose focus is a spiritual attack. You know, the devil wants people to do this and do this. Tomorrow you are doing this. Tomorrow you are doing this. Tomorrow, oh, Sinever, oh. You know, the enemy knows that if you want to bring down this wall, okay, if you are hitting here, one place, one day is going to fall. But if you are hitting here, tomorrow you are hitting here, tomorrow there, say never, no wonder your wall is not falling. And it benefits the enemy to do that. You understand what I'm saying? It's a spiritual attack. See it as a spiritual attack. And how do you deal with that? You bring the light of the word of God. For itself brings light. Amen? It shall be lamp to your feet and light to your path. You cannot be confused. You cannot let focus if you fill yourself with the word of God. Just take one memory verse and just memorize it. Hallelujah. 
Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. Take one memory verse. And just memorize it. And see how focus will, will improve. Amen. Am I talking to somebody here? Uh, one of the verses you can use to memorize these things is Psalms 46 verse 10. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know. There are things that are fighting for your attention. From within, there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of this. You begin to speak this way. Be still. Be still. Be still. Be still. Be still. Know that is God. Know that is God. It's going to work. It's going to work. I'm going to succeed in this. God is by my side. God wants me to know that he is God. I must just be still. Amen. You, you memorize it. You don't not reading it. You are memorizing it. And pick another. Any verse that you can memorize, it will improve. Say, neighbor, how many verses do you know from your heart? Say, neighbor, be honest with you. How many do you know? Say, no wonder you don't have focus. Tell your neighbor, no wonder you don't have focus. Did you tell your neighbor? We say five. Uh, say neighbor, uh, no wonder. You don't have focus. Bring more scriptures. Say neighbor, bring more scriptures, please. Please, please, please. Let's get more. Let's get more. The more the light will be shed on the confusion in your life. And it will scatter in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I say this year you're going to have focus. I say this year you're going to have focus. You're going to concentrate on one thing and see the end of it. You will not hit here, hit there. Tomorrow, you are now standing like this. Where do I hit today? You don't even know. All that confusion is gone by the light of God in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe me, say amen. Say amen. Say amen. Say amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands for Jesus Christ. Amen. So commit the word of God to what? your memory. Five things I've given you, isn't it? Is it four? Oh, it's four, yes. Memorizing is going to help you with focus. Exercise and eating well is going to help you with health. Fasting certain kind of foods will help you with discipline. That's how I've been giving you these things. Do you see it now? Now, the last one is gratitude. Say gratitude. You know, the attitude to say thank you. No matter how small things look, no matter how insignificant, see something in them. Amen? See something in them. It's going to help you a lot because in that way you will not miss opportunities. Let me tell you this. Dynamites come in small packages. Say never. Dynamites come in small packages. 
When you get a small package, just say thank you. Don't reject it. Just say, you don't know what is in this thing. Don't look for big things and big you know, expectations of this and expectations of this. Say thank you. Whatever opportunities you are given in life, no matter how small, take it with two hands. I know you are expecting something else. You are disappointed. But take it with two hands. And say, I'm going to make the best out of it. Say and say, say and say, say and say, follow me. Say, ah. No, don't say and say. I'm saying say and say. You must just say. Say never. Don't say say and say. You must just say. Why do you say say and say now? What's wrong with you? Say whatever opportunities come my way, I'll be thankful. There's one scripture from the book of Psalms, I think it's 19, that I want us to go through. And then we'll, we'll wrap up. Are you, are you blessed, Bazalon? Then, then we'll be Then we'll be done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, 19 from verse, we'll start from verse 7. Psalms 19, yeah? Psalms 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. Verse 8. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold. More to be desired are they than gold. Ah, continue. Yes, than much fine gold. Mm -hmm. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Mm -hmm. Verse 11. Moreover, by them your servant is ruined. Mm -hmm. And in keeping, and in keeping them, there is great reward. Verse 12. Who can understand his ways? Cleanse me from secret faults. Verse 13. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. And I shall be innocent of great transgression. Verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord. My strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth, the things that I say this year, the things that comes out of my mouth, must be words of appreciation, must be words of thankfulness, thank, thanksgiving, thankfulness, appreciation. Let not all the negative things come 
negativity is is toxic okay you know, you know some people just see negative things you know let me tell you this about gratitude gratitude tells you to look for something good even where it does not look probable can i say that again gratitude say look for something good even where it does not look probable Don't be a kind of person who exemplifies wrong things. Exem- you know just how to, ex- to make things good. Amen? Are you hearing me? Don't be a career of bad news. Amen. Okay. Don't be a carrier of bad news. Don't be a messenger of bad news. Negative things. Arubana fella, oh my goodness. Tell your neighbor, don't be such a person. Be a messenger of good news. Looking for good everywhere you are. You know, in my life, I've taught myself many years ago. You know, people will see this doom and gloom. Now I look for something positive. Otherwise, get a lot depressed now. Why people like focusing on what is not working? Hello? You know, when I, when I focus on something that is not working, I'm learning something for the future. It has got nothing to do with the present. The present is done. When you see me looking into it, I want to see, should this thing come up in the future again? It must not hit me again. I don't want to say, I want, is there anything to learn if there's nothing, I close it. Yeah, otherwise I don't look at it. I just, is there anything good? Is there anything of good report? Is there anything positive? Is there anything? Because that's how I keep healthy. So never stop focusing on things you can't change. If you can quickly accept and move on, you'll be happy. Amen. Hallelujah. Also, you're going to have a great year this year. Hallelujah. Be quickly to move on. Be quick. Don't, don't camp on things that are negative. You raise a tent. You camp around an issue that is so bad. Oh my goodness. How do you afford to be healthy? So help me God. Amen. I'm done preaching. God bless you. Are you blessed, Bazalwani? Have you let anything to carry you this year? Oh, say 2024, you are in big trouble. I'm more than ready for you. Say in this year. Say in this year. My Kairos. Say my Kairos. Will be evident. More than my locus. Say I want to see God in action this year. In the seasons. That he has provided for me. I declare success. 
in every way because I know his will. I know his purpose, my purpose. I have a vision. I'm embarking on a journey. I'm more than prepared for this journey. Say, all my confusion is gone. Say, all my confusion is gone. I know who I am. Say, if I, know, if I don't know, I'll know after the meeting tomorrow. The meeting with myself. Say, this year is a great year with great results in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout glory to Jesus. Say glory, 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 glory. Shout glory to Jesus Christ. Amen.